Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into another edition of the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley. Lucky to be joined by a special guest today, Jacob Rudner from Swamp 247 as AM in Florida get ready to square off on Saturday afternoon. Jacob, how's it going? Thanks very much for joining the show. Yeah, Andrew, I'm doing well. I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, it feels like AM and, and Florida both kind of sit in a, in a must-win situation in terms of in terms of bull hopes and all that this year. What's been the mood around uh, Gainesville this week, uh, heading into this week's matchup? Uh, I think actually, Andrew, you'd be surprised to know that the mood around Gainesville, especially with the fan base, is, is pretty good right now. I think Florida yeah. uh, is starting to take steps towards next year in a way. Uh, yeah. Starting Jack linebacker Brenton Cox was dismissed from the team earlier this week. That was a big piece of news. I mean, Billy Napier letting go of a starter. But I think that that was all kind of in hopes of resetting the culture a little bit around here. And uh, I think fans are excited to see the progress in that direction. That was going to be kind of my next question is how would you assess the job that he's done so far? Obviously in your first year, there's going to be growing pains, culture, things that you have to establish. Where do you feel like they kind of are in that process? I think that they're doing about as good a job as expected. In my opinion, the record is about what I thought it would look like. Uh, the recruiting class is roughly what I thought it would look like. I think that there have been some misses there. Uh, like if you wanted to say that there have been negative so far, I would say that maybe it's occurred on the recruiting trail, but even still, they have a class that ranks ninth in the country. So that's been good. Uh, and then I think that they've done a good job in terms of just doing what they can with what they have. Uh, this was not a very good team that they inherited. The culture was a mess. Uh, they're still kind of dealing with some of those issues that they did not start. Uh, and so I think that this off season will provide a really good opportunity to kind of hit reset and, and, build towards next year when those sort of things can really be evaluated. Obviously, when you come into every year, you're kind of looking for players that you can build around and, and guys that maybe are pleasant surprises. Who are maybe some of those guys that have been pleasant surprises or kind of stepped up into that fold? Uh, Keon Zipper, the tight end, has been really good. Uh, he's Florida's fourth leading receiver. Uh, he leads tight ends on the team in receptions, about 180 yards uh, on the season with a touchdown. Uh, you know, I think that that was a guy who had kind of developed a reputation around here that, you know, likes to drop the ball, uh, misses easy opportunities, but but has really kind of found his stride uh, as a pass catcher, which has been pretty valuable for this team when he's used. Uh, and then I would say Justin Shorter as well, the wide receiver, also kind of a guy who had developed a reputation as somebody who was prone to bad drops, but this year has been really excellent. 471 yards leads the team. Uh, two touchdowns, but he's questionable against Texas A&M. Yeah. I know there was, there was some injury news last night that yeah. I believe you reported on. What 
where is Florida from an injury standpoint? Are there any guys that you're kind of keeping an eye on heading into Saturday? So shorter is questionable with a hamstring injury. It sounds like he practiced minimally. Minimal was the description that Billy Napier gave. I would say that I would chalk him up to probably doubtful just based off of what I've heard and and the level of participation. Uh, Keon Zipper, who I just mentioned, is out. Uh, I don't don't know the exact details of it, but I know generally he has a knee injury. Uh, That is not a one-week recovery. Uh, So he'll be out for a bit. And uh, other than that, uh, Scooby Williams, a linebacker, is questionable. Uh, I think he could kind of go either way still, but that's, that's really the big ones for this week. Gotcha. And looking at this first year, obviously, um, and, and and I mentioned the bowl eligibility. How much? How important is is it? Do you think for Florida to at least reach a bowl uh, and be able to have those extra practices as they as they kind of look to head into that second year under Billy Napier? So this is a take I actually caught a little bit of heat for uh, from yeah. the fan base, but I, I really don't think a bowl game is that important this year. I just don't. Yeah. I don't see the value personally in holding extra practices with a team that won't look like this next year. Like the, 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 the squad that's in Gainesville right now will not be in Gainesville the way it is by the springtime. It's going to look completely different. So, I mean, I, practicing with a bunch of guys that are going to be not a part of the program, to me, doesn't hold as much value. Uh, that being said, I do think that a bowl game has value for the fan base. They, they clearly care you know, to see Florida play an extra game and that matters. Uh, and so, you know, for, for that reason, obviously, and you want to win games, uh, they should strive to make a bowl game, but I don't, I don't actually think it's that important in the grand scheme of things. I saw you, you, I believe you wrote a story on this earlier this week about the transfer portal and, and Billy Napier kind of talking about it this off season. Do you expect Florida to be pretty active in the transfer portal is they now that they've had kind of a year to assess where things are? No doubt. I think that this is going to be an extremely active offseason for Florida in the portal. Uh, we could even see Florida pursue a quarterback. I mean, Anthony Richardson is not a guarantee to return. Uh, I, I haven't heard either way what could happen, but, you know, a guy who is as talented as he is, uh, even without, I think, the desired results, is still a really uh, good-looking draft prospect, and, and you know, so he can go either way. Uh, but really, they, they have to reload at so many different positions. Wide receiver needs help. Uh, linebacker needs help defensive tackle has been a, a real position of weakness this year so yeah they should be aggressive you mentioned anthony richardson what do, what do you think makes him so tough to bring down out of outside of the pocket is is it just kind of his elusiveness or feel for the game or, or what do you think kind of makes him tough to bring down I, I think it's what you mentioned plus the fact that he's six foot four and 238 yeah. pounds so I mean, he moves like a guy who's half his size but but you know you add the strength and the ability to run through contact. He, he's a dangerous runner for sure. And in the passing game, what do they need to do to kind of have him be more effective in, on that front? I think he's completing just over 55% of his passes. Yeah. Is it things that the receivers can do or is it a combination of both or what have you kind of seen on that front? It, it's a combination. I think the largest area of inconsistency so far has been in Florida's short to medium game in its passing attack. Uh, just far too inconsistent, bad throws, bad routes, uh, there have been drops in the short game. It, Florida really needs to improve in that regard because a lot of its progress as an offensive unit comes from this kind of quick dink and dunk uh, style passing that they kind of pair with uh, RPOs and a heavy run game. They run the ball a ton. So, you know, they get more consistent there. The completion percentage will go up. I, I also believe that they should take off more shot plays. Uh, 
they don't really do that a ton. And when they do it, they're very successful. So I think that the offense could use a, a blend of consistency, obviously, uh, but also maybe a little bit more aggression, I think would be helpful. And looking at this team, obviously they've had a tough, tough ask on the road so far. They've got a couple coming up, but to, to go to Georgia and Tennessee is, is their two road games. What do you feel like are kind of the keys going to, to Kyle Field this weekend? And what, what can they maybe learn from those, those two trips that they've taken so far? I think it's just playing stronger defense needs to be the focus is, is blocking out the noise and really uh, staying sharp on the keys and knowing where things are going to go and relying on the film study that they've done throughout the week. Uh, defense has been Florida's weakness throughout this entire season. It's, it's not really a secret. They've been awful uh, on that side of the ball for the most part. They rank among the worst teams in the country. Uh, in most major categories, they are the worst uh, in third down defense. So, you know, if Florida can't keep pace and they let things get out of hand with Texas A&M's offense, it's going to be really tough for them to win this game. And I, and I do think Florida has a good offense. They know how to score points uh, and they yeah. can be dangerous. Again, though, it, it doesn't matter if you score a lot, if you're giving up touchdowns consecutively. So it's, it's going to come down to whether or not they can stop the Aggies. No doubt. And A&M obviously has had some trouble with this too, but especially the run defense, I think Florida is allowing close to 200 yards per game on the ground. What have been some of the primary issues there? Has it been missed tackles or just failure to kind of hit fit run fits? What, what have been the issues there? Those, those are probably two of the bigger problems. I think that they yeah. get inconsistent in the run fits a little bit. I would also throw into the hat that fatigue has been an issue. Javon uh, Dexter, who went into the season, I mean, you know this, a highly rated guy yeah. uh, within the conference. People thought very highly of him. Uh, he's playing more snaps per game than any defensive tackle in Power 5 football. So he is exhausted by the time the game is over. The guy plays the equivalent of two yeah. full games relative to the average SEC defensive tackle every game. So, I mean, it's hard to stop the run when you're just on the field a ton. These guys are gassed. Uh, and I think that really, if there was more depth at their position, they'd actually just see a statistical, you know, in, it, they'd be improved for sure, I think. Is that an issue that they knew kind of coming into the year depth wise or is yeah. injuries kind of hit that? Yeah. Uh, and looking at a guy like Montrell Johnson, obviously, Florida's got their their running game of their own. What what has made Montreal Johnson effective outside of obviously came with Billy Napier, but what what's made him effective in the Florida get run game? Uh, he's really good through contact. I think that he doesn't yeah. necessarily have to rely on shiftiness and and missing tackles and all those things. I I think that this is a guy who's perfectly comfortable just rolling through contact, and it's allowed him to pick up extra yardage. Uh, he's also really smart when he gets outside the tackles. He's a smart, patient runner. Uh, there's a maturity to the way that he attacks defenses. And that kind of comes with a, the, you know, you mentioned it, the familiarity with Napier, but also he, he played a ton as a freshman. So he's already pretty experienced and, and has a lot of, you know, room, you know, a lot of knowledge under his belt. Has it been kind of a one, two punch with Trevor Etienne or how does that kind of break out? Do they kind of alternate series on, on that front? It's pretty evenly split. They're, they're relatively close to each other in terms of total carries this season. And Etienne, I think is the, the shiftier, you know, complement to Johnson's more aggressive style of running. So they, they work nicely together. And I would say that it's reasonably even in terms of how they split it. Obviously Ole Miss racked up close to 400 yards on the ground last week on this A&M defense. Is there anything that they've kind of 
I, I know they probably won't say too much, but do you think there are things that they kind of learned from that game and, and, and might look to attack as well this week? Or? I wouldn't, I would be shocked if Florida does not rely heavily on its run game, like more than we've even seen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's already a pretty uneven split. Uh, Clearly, this AM defense struggles against the run. Uh, it was made against Ole Miss. It was obvious what the issues were, and Florida structures similarly uh, with its two running backs, and they have a good offensive line on the ground. Uh, I think that the the emphasis is just going to be to try and chip away, you know, via the run, uh, and and see what kind of shot plays through the air can kind of be generated off of that. If that makes sense, no doubt. And in the secondary, obviously. Um, a guy like Evan Stewart has really emerged as the year has gone along. What do you think they might try to do to slow him down? Is Do you, do you see them kind of rolling more coverage over to him, or, or how do you think they might attack him? I'm going to be completely honest with you, Andrew. I have no clue what they're going to do. Um, we have yeah. not seen a whole lot of variety uh, yeah. out of Florida's defensive secondary so far this season, which kind of leads me to my point. I It's hard yeah. to kind of calculate what – adjustments they might make to account for him because they haven't really made a ton of adjustments for other key players that have been noticeable. Uh, It's part of the reason they've gotten shredded on that side of the ball. So I, I, you know, it's, I'm interested as much as you are, I think, in how they're going to try and slow him down. Love the honesty. That's, 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 that's of course, it's one of those going to be one of those fascinating questions and, and how they kind of adjust him if they do adjust him. Uh, Jacob, thanks so much for for hopping on here to to give a look behind the Gators, and and it should be a good one this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You bet. And have a good one, everybody. We'll we'll see you guys next week um, to break down this game against the Gators and and look ahead to a matchup with Auburn. Take care. Everybody. This show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.